Welcome back to Epilogues, an unpacking of the weekly Haftarah. You are listening to Rabbi Yaakov Trump. This week we are learning about the Haftarah of Parshas Devorim, also known as Shabbos Chazon, based on the first word of our Torah, which is Chazon Yeshayahu. The topic of our Haftarah is the danger of prosperity. Let's take a look at the overview of our Torah in general and then try to unpack it piece by piece. We understand that this Haftarah is the first 27 psukim in the book of Yeshayahu. So it starts at the very beginning. Um, it's broken up into roughly five sections, but again, there are different ways of looking at it. We're just going to go paragraph by paragraph, as is divided actually in, in, in Tanakh. The first we're told is this is a chazon, this is a vision of Yeshayahu ben Amotz. This is an introduction to Yeshayahu the prophet, who and his vision that he sees in Yehud and Yerushalayim in the days of Uzziah, Yotam, Choachaz, and Yechizkiyahu. So that's four kings labeled in the times of the kings of Judea. He calls upon the heavens and the earth to listen, and the testimony he wants them to listen to is, Bonim Poshubi. I brought up children, and they, I elevated them, and they sinned against me. Although it may be that the, the ox, even the animals know where they get their food from, and they respect it, but Israel does no, long, no longer looks back at this. Notice at this point in time, in the regular Haftarah, this will be read in the tune of Eicha, the cancellation of Eicha, because it is so... It it is of that very terrible and very sad nature as well. Then HaKadosh Baruch Hu describes all the, the terrible things that they did, all the terrible things that Bnei Yisrael did. All these, all the terrible things that happened there. And because of this, the land will be turned into Shemama, into desolation. Your cities will be burned down. And the... the and, and you will be a remain as a uh, as a mapecha sarim. And it'll be a, it'll be complete desolation. That's that's the the first description. You are being like the um, the, the Sodom and Amorah. That's the first section. The next paragraph is really psukim yud to yud Zion, in which in this t- t- way Hashem turns to the nation of Israel and says, turns to Israel, calling them Katsine Sodom, the the officers of Sodom. And it's saying, why is that you bring me all these sacrifices? Why? I don't need all these different sacrifices. I hate. Hashem says, I no longer love, I hate your festivals, all these terrible times. Um, and when you try to come to me, it is all seen as um, hypocrisy. It is not real. So the first thing is there's destruction coming because of forgetting God. The second one is I'm not going to be turning to you. The third paragraph, Yerches to Chav, is a ch- a ch- really a charge to change. He says, If you're willing to do it, you can turn it around, you can make your sins go away, if you are so willing. But, if you refuse, then you're going to be consumed by the sword. The fourth paragraph, where we hear about the terrible sins of injustice in society. How is this nation or this city, like this, this faithful city, like a zona, like a faithless a prostitute. It used to be a city of justice, and now the murderers are found on its streets. Terrible descriptions of it. And finally, the end of it is, Akash Baruch Hu says, and this now turns back into uh, into the, the, the cancellation of regular Torah. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says that he will bring back justice. Bring back the, those um, who bring back justice, and then 
This will be called the Ir HaTzedek Kiryan Emanah. And once again, it will be called a city of justice. It will be called a faithful city because ultimately Tzion will be redeemed in Tzedakah and Mishpat in righteousness and justice. This is this is the Haftorah itself. Very, very sad, very strong Haftorah. A few basics to understand. Number one is Yeshayahu. Who is Yeshayahu? What is the background? What is going on over here? So we're told, first of all, that his father is Amotz. The Gomorrah in the Megillah on Yudam Abayas tells us that his father is mentioned, is an indicator that his father was a Navi too. It wasn't that he was just a, a regular proletariat. Um, it could be that his father was the brother of Amatsia. Amatsia has royal blood. And that means to say maybe that's why he suffers less persecution as a prophet than Yirmiyo himself does, who lives in the land of Israel. We also know that he has a wife and children. He, um, so we know that his wife was part of his nevuah later on in the, in the Sefer. And he has three sons, Shor Yoshev, Emmanuel, and um, Maher Shalal Khashbaz, which is a, 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 the name of his third son. We also know that he has a daughter, Hefziba. Um, so a lot, a lot of interesting background to Yeshayahu. Yeshayahu is not the only prophet of the time. In fact, Yeshayahu um, is, uh, um, is, uh, is at the same time as Hoshea yeah, um, um, and also Amos as well. Um, we hear him at the same time period as well as these prophets. Later on, Yechezkel and Yemriyahu, they are now towards the tail end of the Beis Mingdash. Um, when did he live? So the first Pasuk in our tell, tells us that he lived during the times of Uziah, Yotam, Achaz and Yechezkel. Um, that means to say that that could be minimally um, 35 years of Nevoah to stretch to cover all four, or maximally 60 years of Nevoah, depending on how early in the period of Uziah and how late in the period of Yechizkiah he went. It, do, it does seem like he went to the end of Yechizkiah's rule because of the fact that he was in, ultimately killed by his grandson, who was Menashe. Um, so this is, um, this is in terms of just the background and understanding who he is. Um, and um, the, we, we know that Gomorrah tells us that, that he was ultimately killed um, because of his prophecies, because his grandson was not willing to accept them as well. Who was his audience? So in Araf Torah, we hear the audience is both Yehuda and Yerushalayim. You'll notice the first half of our Torah is generally speaking to the Jews of Judea, but later on it's talking to the inhabitants of Yerushalayim, this Kiryan Ne'emanah, this, this, this place which was supposed to be a place, a place of faithfulness. When did this particular Nevoah actually happen? Um, so it sounds like Rashi suggests that perhaps this happens already after the destruction of the north. You'll notice that Avtor is not addressing uh, the, the northern kingdom of Israel. They seem to be out of the picture. He seems to be addressing just the south at this point, which would in indicate it's not the very beginning of his prophecy, which means the book does not begin at the beginning of Yeshayahu's um, uh, um, uh, history or era of prophecy. The, that actually is in Perek Vav. This is, this is a little bit later in, in terms of this, in terms of understanding this as well. Um, um, you'll notice something interesting in our Torah, and that is that there are three Eichas. This is this Torah is always placed on Shabbos Chazon, the Shabbos right before Tishvav, which means that the following week you'll be hearing the, the Megillah of Eicha, should Tishvav be there. And the, the, it is interesting that there is a Medrash which points out that there really are three Eichas read in, in, in an axis around this time. The first is in Parshas Devarim, which is always read on Shabbos Chazon, in which we hear Moshe Rabbeinu's words in this 12th Pasuk in Sefer Devarim is, Eicha Esel Avadi Torchachem Maasachem Verivchem. How can I bear this by myself with all your burdens and your complaints? The next one is in Araf Torah, Eicha Esel Azanai Kiryon Neemona. How could it be that this faithful city has become like a prostitute? And finally, Eicha Esel Avad. How could it be the, the, that the city was alone? Um, this is the, the description 
of, of when the destruction uh, is imminent. Um, so the Midrash in Eicha says that, that, that really the, these three types of Eicha is a description of a, par- a parable of a noble woman who are observed by her very close friends. One saw her in her successful times, one saw her in her haste, and one saw her in a disgrace. Which means to say, what does that mean? His successful times in Moshe Rabbeinu was describing, really, she was a healthy nation, the nation of Israel, the Nimshal, are a healthy nation, but there are problems. The Jews are quarrelsome, they're complaining, they're, ingra- they're ingrats. Moshe Rabbeinu is telling us that, but in general, they are a healthy nation at this point in time, even though they are hairline fractures. Later on, then, we, we hear that Yeshayahu is observing them when they already are starting to get sick in their haste. And this is really, even though this prophecy is uh, uh, um, you know, 150 years before the destruction of the base of Megdash, this is already, they start acting in a faithless way, in, in a way which, which rejects HaKadosh Baruch Hu in society, whether it be through Avorazara, um, whether it be through, uh, through their, uh, um, their injustice in society. They're already starting to, to, to look terrible. And then finally, the destruction is imminent, and that's the third Eichah. So the Eichah is already tracing the trajectory of Jewish history, from the times of Moshe to Yeshayahu to, to Yirmiyahu as well. Um, is worthwhile noting as well in this um, in, in this idea over here, that the, this Haftorah is well, well before the destruction of the Beis Amidash. In fact, if he is prophesizing in the times of Uzziah, Uzziah rose the king at a time of great prosperity. In fact, his contemporary in the north, Yeroboam ben Yoash, was also expanded the borders of Israel great in a, in a great way at the time when there was another king there, um, when, when the Aram was falling and Assyria had not yet gained position. And you could imagine the words of Yeshayahu Anavi falling upon deaf ears as people say, "What Yeshayahu? Why are you getting so excited about all of this? Yeshayahu, why is this? Why, why? Why are you getting so upset? You know things are all right." And that's precisely the point. It's interesting that we don't read Yirmiyahu's words about the destruction on the Shabbos Chazon. We read the words of Yeshayahu, which took place well over a century before Yirmiyahu's words, describing what would happen when the people wouldn't listen. And yet they failed to listen. That's that is really where the the tragedy is. The tragedy is what could have been, not what actually happened. The tragedy is is that the nation of Israel were forewarned, and they were too busy um, looking after their own assets, their own their their gains at the at the um, at, on the backs of others to care enough to make the changes necessary. There are a few themes you see throughout our Torah. The one is is about how animals. So one description of uh, is how animals know Akkadish Baruch Hu, but Menei Israel don't even don't even know Akkadish Baruch Hu. Very sad description of the other Malin points out that uh, that we should have had a natural appreciation of parents that, that we should have had. Um, we should have been more invested uh, because he was, and, and gracious because Akkadish Baruch Hu put so much into us, and we include the animal kingdom. So at least on the most basic level instinct, we should have noticed this. These are these are the accusations Akkadish Baruch Hu is throwing about us. We are also compared to Saddam. Why Saddam? So the Malim says, because our actions are like that of the corruption, the moral corruption of Saddam. Whereas the Mitzvah says no, because that's what's going to be the outcome. A consequence of living like Saddam will be like dying like Saddam as well. As well. And um, the, the, this also I- I- indicates why it is that Akash Baruch will not listen to the, the tefillahs of the nation of Israel. I don't need your external actions. I don't need all those nice shows of grace when in fact you are living a corrupt lifestyle as well. As what Gorosh Baruch Hu says, the Malbim goes to, to, to an extent to describe it. There are three different types of korbanos described over here. There are korbanos in the, in the, in the Dava, there, there are those which are, um, which are 
um, brought um, out of the goodness of one's heart. There's a ola, a burnt offering, a shlamim betoda, a, a peace offering, and a Kodesh Baruch Hu is rejecting whether it be something you bring because you have to, or whether it's something you bring because you want to. When it's empty of content, when your lifestyle at home is devoid of mor- a moral value system, then it doesn't make a difference how much you bring to the base of Mikdash. And if you can imagine this, Yeshayahu lived at the time when it was easy to visit the base of Mikdash. When the Karbonas were being brought, people were coming to the base of Mikdash or Rosh Chodesh on the Mo'adim, on the festivals. And yet, Yeshayahu will say, it's empty. It's meaningless because it is missing the inner content. That is the warning that he gives. And that's the reason why we read it on Shabbos Chazon, to remind us there are times we may look very successful spiritually and materially, but ultimately, if there's something rotten inside, it won't last. This concludes the Torah of Shabbos Chazon. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day and a beautiful Shabbos.